Hello and good day, magnificent, beautiful, marvelous, splendid citizen of planet Earth. What a privilege and honor to be with you again today. I hope that wherever you are, you are doing amazing and I am blasting you all of my love, energy, and support through the airwaves, hoping that you're having just an amazing start to your day wherever you are in the world listening to this. We have a fantastic episode of the show for you today. We have my friend back on the podcast, Native American elder of the Mi'kmaq people, David Lombear Senapass. And in this episode, we are talking about his high altitude balloons, ET contact, the Dogon tribe, um, UFO photos and trying to figure out real from fake and so much more. Um, His knowledge and his history are very, very interesting. I have been communicating and connecting more with uh, different Mi'kmaq people, with other Native Americans, uh, doing my best to do the research to give an open platform to bridge the uh, understanding and the cultural gap because I don't really know uh, much. David is probably my touch point. And if you've heard him on the podcast, you realize he says some pretty incredible things. So um, of the three elders that I know, David Lombear is a Mi'kmaq, uh, Clifford Mahuti is a Zuni, and Carlos Barrios is a Mayan elder. And they all have a 20,000 year history. They all talk about advanced uh, technology and information, and then they all talk about star people or sky people. So it's very fascinating stuff. So take this with a grain of salt, but I, uh, salt. But I hope you like it. In this one, we talk about the balloon project, uh, sending balloons 400,000 feet in space, measuring the electromagnetic field. We talk about resonator technology. We talk about being uh, David being trained by 600 elders. We talk about currency as slavery. We talk about philosophies. Uh, UFO sightings. We talk about the Amazon burning. Um, we we talk about how would you even know if you were talking to an extraterrestrial? And we talk about uh, the signal from space that NASA found and the number that it's sending. So there's a lot in this episode. We also talk about uh, what brings a community together and so much more. So it's an amazing episode. I know you're gonna like it. If you do, please take a uh, screenshot, share on Instagram, share on Facebook, uh, share on Reddit, share all around. It really helps. Please take a moment to leave a review on iTunes. If you've listened to more than three podcasts, that should be like three hours of time. Pretty please leave a review on iTunes because it inspires people to listen to the show. And it also helps with rankings and all that kind of good stuff. And um, it helps me personally continue to do this podcast uh, because I'm trying really hard over here and I can appreciate your support. So that really helps. You could also go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair and even toss just $1 in the bucket. That is more than enough and so helpful and i want to thank abby osborne for going to patreon.com forward slash matt belair and tossing a buck in the bucket i really appreciate that it helps immensely trust me it really goes a long way so thank you thank you thank you and the best thing that you can do if you want to support this show is do one kind act today in your community wherever you are just do one kind act for another human being you can pay it forward you could listen to a friend you could pick up a piece of trash always get people's names uh, say a kind word to someone just do any kind act wherever you are any kind act will do and it's the best way you can support the show for those of you guys who are interested in coaching and you really want to explore some things like consciousness spirituality peak performance mindset but mostly designing your life out of your core values and who you truly are and really discovering and living your life purpose and feeling fulfilled Um, and if you're struggling in any area of your life it is a really holistic way to live to engage and to explore and if you want to learn more about that just make an inquiry matt at zenathlete.com or go to mattbelair.com 
Instagram.com forward slash coaching and I will happily help you out. Also, if you have an organization, you want to do some leadership training, mindset training, flow state training, anything like that, hit me up, Matt at ZenAthlete.com. There's a good chance I have some training exactly for that, having a peak performance background in sport, but also very curious about spirituality, consciousness, conscious expansion, mindset, mental toughness, and all that kind of thing. So uh, just make an inquiry. Would love to help you out and would love to work with you. Um, I think that wraps it up other than um, check out David's uh, projects and websites. You can go to uh, Ancient Echoes on Facebook. It's Distant Ancient Echoes. And you go to ancientechoes.org. They are in London, England right now for the first time in a long time doing some work over there. And I'm staying connected to them. And uh, they're doing really great work. Um, what else? Oh, I want to thank this episode's sponsor, Procabulary.org. They are really a master class in language and understanding the words that you use in the world, but also, most importantly, the words that you use with yourself. And what it does is it breaks it down into each of these areas where we constantly are using the same internal dialogue. It allows you to bring awareness to it, change it to a much more empowering dialogue perspective and word and if you can do that that's the root of changing your habits it's the root of changing your beliefs it's in changing your thoughts and changing what you experience in your life so i do a lot of personal development courses i really enjoyed procabulary.org uh their course it was designed by mark england who's been on the podcast twice check him out episode 96 is a fantastic course and if you use the checkout code word magic you get a hundred bucks off the course it's more than worth it uh go enjoy and let me know what you think but I want to thank them for sponsoring today's episode also would love to hear your guys feedback um, please send me an email matt at zenathlete.com uh, you can s- send a message on Facebook or wherever I would love your feedback what are you liking about the show do you want me to podcast with anybody do you know of any podcast sponsors that could help do you know of anybody that can help get the word out is there a special episode that was really meaningful to you or an insight that you had anything like that I'd love to engage with you guys the podcast is a ton of work and uh I love hearing from you guys the most. I'm never too busy to hear from you guys and to hear your input. So that's really my main focus is how I can do a better job of the podcast and really want to do that uh, for you guys and bring the best shows possible. So would love to hear your feedback. And I think that wraps it up. So let's get into today's episode. Uh, Before we do, always, let's come to a state of peace and coherence just by focusing on our breath. So wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just let it out slowly, filling every cell, every muscle, and every fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, kindness, compassion, happiness, enthusiasm, inspiration, energy, and ready to take on this incredible episode with Mi'kmaq Native American David Lombear Senapas. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I am your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest needs no introduction. He is my friend, Native American of the Mi'kmaq people, mathematician, scientist, engineer, basket maker, all-around good guy. Welcome back to the show, David Lone Bear Senapas. Good morning, Matthew. How are you this fine morning? How's the new dad? I'm, I'm doing great. How are you? You just got back from Dimensions of Disclosure. I'm sure no one's inter- introduced you before as all-around good guy before, but there's a first for everything. It's, uh, 
I'm excited to hear about how that event went. I know that you met a lot of people. Um, you attended some of the talks. Um, it was in California last weekend, and there was a lot of people there. Some of them have been on the show as well. Yep. So uh, a lot of interesting stuff has happened. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that, uh, we went out there, and I wasn't – my expectations – I didn't know what my expectations when I went out there, but uh, we were invited out there. Uh, that's quite a flight out there from Maine. That's on the other side of the country. That's uh, at least a, uh, at least a seven to eight hour flight. Um, we we got there um, with an open hearts and open minds and open spirit, and uh, we were very well received. and And I was um, very very excited to be there because I was hoping to um, meet some of the people and uh, find out some information out there. Uh, it's a beautiful place. It's right beside the Pacific Ocean. We had a chance to go out on the beach and, and put our feet into the water. So, and uh, we put our, uh, uh, probably with two days, I had my feet in the Atlantic Ocean and the Pacific Ocean. That was incredible. Nice. So you, you were there and you did some speaking. You did, I think, a few talks. You did a workshop. Uh, you were also with Clifford Mahoudi, who is a Zuni elder. Uh, also really interesting guy he's been on the podcast before and you guys are really on the same page with a lot of this stuff when you guys are speaking in private um, it seems like you have uh, you know it's two different tribes two different backgrounds but when you guys both do your research you're both engineers you're both scientists when we're looking at this stuff in disclosure and trying to find the truth through all of the stuff that's out there, it seems like you guys are on the same page with a lot of stuff and your background is completely different from a Westerner or European, or let's just say for lack of a better term, the generic, uh, you know, I don't know, white, white and all the other colors um, that is not native American. So can you speak a little bit about um, just some of the things that you uh, talked about, some of the things that you learned or wanted to share from the event? Yeah, we'll talk about Clifford. Uh, Clifford and I are really good friends the last uh, year or so, and some of the discussions that we have are very similar uh, in uh, our history, uh, that, that, that we were uh, part of the Star Tribe. Um, uh, our cultures uh, kind of match up a, a little bit. The language is a little bit different, but in similarity in uh, what the ancients were or you know, what the Star people, uh, the ancient elders, uh, the ancient teachers, all the different traditions um, we've been last um, time we sat and talked we talked about some of the, the traditions and how they match up uh, together and and it's very funny that they're almost um, similar I mean you can put them right beside each other and hardly can tell them them apart just by the language so yeah uh, Clifford is a wonderful person um, he's very funny um, and we get a chance that we had time to sit down for breakfast we had time for supper a couple of suppers and I think that's part of disclosure is that um, is uh, receiving information and, um, and and comparing information with each other, and we did, we did a lot of that. Um, uh, this well over the disclosure itself that uh, you know, that we were very well received when when I spoke. Um, we had um, um, uh, Clifford and I were up on stage. Uh, he gave me most of the stage, and I'm I'm, I'm honored by that. And uh, he I guess he just wanted to hear what I had to say, and. Uh, uh, now we're getting information back through the uh, Facebook and all the messengers and all that. And um, very well received. A lot of good messages. Uh, people are looking for information out there uh, and willing to share some of the information. So now we're really excited about that. I mean, I, between all the events, I think this was the best event that we attended for a long time because a lot of information came out of that and a lot of inf new information. 
I was interviewed by two or three people out there that had other podcasts similar, similar to yours. And, um, and that information goes out and they want to know what the star teaching is about. I, I gave them much information as possible. And uh, it seems like the, the uh, it's been really um, ongoing uh, with that information, people uh, from the disclosure trying to figure out what we're doing. So, and, uh, and we have been getting um, some of the information um, um, that I, I didn't think I ever get. I mean, some of the other, um, I guess the you know, scientists out there kind of want to know what, uh, what star teaching is about and what's, what's going on. So I think overall it was a great event. Awesome. Okay. Well, there's a lot of things that we can cover today and I'll try my best to be concise and ask the most beneficial questions. What I was able to watch you speak. And one of the things that you were talking about was the copper scrolls, which everybody is very curious about some of the technologies that you've made and worked on. So some of them that are in existence that work that people can check out are the biodome in North Carolina. There's a video on that. There is the balloon project where you sent balloons. Is it 400,000 feet up? Yes. And that's a world record? Um, for a balloon, I'm not sure what NASA. I know NASA has put up um, uh, work during the 60s and 70s on uh, putting balloons up, and it was kind of secretive. Um, uh, they, they worked. Uh, right now they're working to put uh, satellites into space with balloons. So I don't know of all their technology. Right. Yeah. I remember uh, when we went to Washington, D.C., and we were among the speakers and, and you had said, you know, the Star Teachings and Ancient Echoes is the only organization here with technology in space. Yes. And you're, you were um, using those. You had cameras on those balloons. You had uh, it, it measured the electromagnetic uh, field of the Earth. Is that something? Yes. That was yep. also? Uh, the layers. Right. Yeah. And so you're, you're getting information from that. Yep. So um, uh, part of the, the, the balloon uh, projects, uh, the balloon project has been going on the last, uh, uh, I'd say, 27 years. Uh, it's just been uh, announced eight years ago. But um, when I first started um, going into the atmosphere, um, I was a little bit younger than I am now. I did it with rockets. Um, at first, I did it with Estes rockets, but, you know, an Estes rocket would only go up 500 feet, maybe more. And I, I kept on um, you know, working with that. I worked with solids, uh, rockets. Uh, I made used to make solid rockets at one time and put them up uh, close to about uh, two to three miles, but it wasn't high enough. Um, and my rockets got bigger <laughs> that I, I couldn't do a solid rocket uh, booster uh, to put it up high enough because it would be way too much. You, you had to have m more weight. To, uh, you probably can do that now because of the different chemi chemistries. Uh, I started with that, and then I started with a, a gasoline rocket. A gasoline rocket is a, um, a rocket with gasoline and oxygen, and um, and that is mixed together. Like a, there's a spark plug in there that causes the ignition, and that will bring you up at least seven miles. Uh, but still, it wasn't high enough. So I worked um, uh, probably uh, ten to fifteen years on developing the rockets and try to get them up there. But the rockets get kept on getting bigger. I have uh, pictures and videos, um, you know, not videos, nine millimeter film on some of these rockets and I've, I'll figure out how to put those on um, video and I'll post some of them. them. Some of them are pretty funny because when they take off, they leave this black um, um, uh, smoke behind them and you can see them going up at least uh, eight or nine miles up in the air. It looks like a, a rocket attack. But I worked on that for quite a long time and realized that 
uh, most of my research that I've been done on rockets uh, was done through um, they call it a dump project that I go to the um, nearest dump uh, or a lot of the ones that had metal and things like that I went there and scavenged what I can and made all my components uh, I didn't order anything all the compressors and the tubes and and the, and the baffles and all the fins are all made from uh, farmers parts um, the, the rockets I used to the, the outside container of the rocket was an irrigation pipe and I cut the irrigation pipe it was aluminum it was light and I did all my MIG welding and, uh, and fins and stabilizers um, uh, with a MIG welder and um, and a very nice a crude um, um, memory system in, in the rocket to keep it up straight and keep it at attitude so that was a lot of work um, uh, to do that to get a very slight piece of information uh, then I started off with uh, balloons. Uh, one of my first balloons I, I did, my sister worked at the weather office, and, uh, and she used to um, get me balloons, the rubber uh, weather balloons. And, um, you know, I had, I must have launched 100 or 200 of those with, with things, but they will only bring up 100,000 feet before um, they freeze and break. So I needed to go higher than that. And, and I worked the last uh, know, 40 years on just uh, getting balloons to get up that high. Now that uh, I can get them beyond that uh, because uh, the fabric I'm using, I'm not using um, rubber. I'm using a different fabric. And um, it's a polymer more than the fabric. So, and they don't freeze. And, and then I can electrify the balloons now. So uh, it has a little bit of stabilization in the magnetic field. And I've been doing that for now, the last seven years. Uh, some of them have been on, on, online. Uh, right now, that um, research is ongoing. Uh, uh, what what we are looking for, and uh, we we are looking for high magnetic disturbances, of course, and um, we are looking to go above the atmosphere to get a better transmission of a signal. And that signal has been ongoing for the last 83 years. It's been hitting the Earth. Uh, I don't have the equipment to receive that information at ground level uh, because that uh, signal is so faint I need to be above the atmosphere of, out of the way the magnetic distortions of the earth and uh, we have um, a recording equipment on on board of the, these balloons and I can uh, I think the, uh, the most time I had one up is four and a half months so they stay up there for quite a long time uh, the, the only reason why they come down, or sometimes they don't come down, is because the leakage in the in the balloon itself. Uh, helium is so small, the atom is so small, it escapes through any crack. So after four months, if that balloon is not done correctly, uh, the, uh, we would lose helium. And the stabilizer, we're using argon and hydrogen for the stabilizer for the balloon. The molecule is a little bit bigger, uh, so it can stay up there a lot longer. Uh, the, the newer balloons that's coming out, uh, we're using more hydrogen than uh, helium. And we're using a, uh, a different gas to stabilize the balloon when it's up there. Because on the sunny side of the balloon itself, uh, it's like 120 degrees. On, on the dark side of the balloon, the vacuum of space, it's about 62 below zero. So you can see the, the problem of the equipment inside. So most of the balloons that I put up, um, all the equipment was on the outside. That means that uh, it had the balloon itself and lifted the, the payload up and there was a, a line connected to, to 
the uh, insulated um, uh, box that had all the cameras and information. And um, of course, that would freeze after a while. So the newer balloons that we are working on, all the systems are inside the balloon itself. Uh, the, 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 some of the insulations, uh, and uh, we can heat up the balloon. And, and, and once it's in the sun, uh, that will always stay heated. Uh, it wouldn't be cold, that cold. It would be more heat than cold. So we're still working on that. Of course, that, that, that takes time and money to do. And uh, hopefully by end of September or November, we can put another balloon up. Uh, the balloon that's going up um, uh, next is uh, more of an experimental balloon with all the, um, uh, I integrated most of all the parts uh, so it's smaller and lighter. Uh, so the first payload that I put up was a little bit more than 12 and a half pounds. So that's a lot of payload to bring up that high. So um, uh, I narrowed that payload down to about a pound and a half. So uh, I got rid of all the unnecessary, because most of the time that when I'm uh, working with electronics, I'm stripping old computers and some of the, um, uh, the, um, the breadboard or the circuits, uh, there's uh, unwanted circuits on there that I don't take off. So I'm, I'm stripping all the unwanted circuits, uh, making a lighter material and uh, putting only the necessary circuits into the balloon itself. So it, it brought about six and a half pounds of, um, uh, off of it. So uh, I can keep them up longer and I can put a hydrogen reducer in one of these so that I can recycle the hydrogen and helium so they won't uh, escape. So uh, I have a couple of buffer pads in them things so that we can keep them up there and stabilize. Uh, I have um, a small gyro in, in, in the thing itself so uh, it will stabilize itself and I can, I can probably uh, stabilize it to uh, point the camera at a star and keep that star in position for like six to seven hours before I, the computer would adjust it again. So this is all new equipment that's going into this. Uh, I've been looking um, a lot more into the new electronics that, that uh, coming out and, uh, and um, a lot more integration. So I'm, I'm really happy with that. And, and I will uh, start posting videos on making that balloon and, and hopefully have a um, designated launch time so people can see it. So this one here, I would have to launch probably somewhere uh, uh, inner part of Maine because I can't launch them by the coast because the, um, the, uh, the radars will pick those up and sometimes they uh, measure it as a threat and, and I've lost a couple of balloons. Uh, I don't know what they did to them, but they came down pretty fast. So I'm going to be launching these ones more inland so they hopefully that I'm at least 100 to 200,000 feet before they pick them up with radar. So that's what I'm doing. Holy smokes. <clears throat> okay. Well, I'm going to try to draw some bridges because I've uh, been following your work and studying what you're doing for the last couple of years. Um, and I'll, and I'll talk about some of the things that the community says and some of the things that I've learned as well. So when you're at dimensions of disclosure, you're sharing that this technology comes from the ancient copper scrolls that was given to you by your elders. Part of what I understand from that is that they asked you for the first time to share these teachings with the non-natives. This was exclusively history, teachings, technology uh, from, from your culture. And you were taught by over 600 elders for the first 27 years on the side of a mountain. And this, was it 27? Yeah, about in that area. Yeah, and I, this was... I lost, count, I lost count after 10, so... Yeah, and there's stories about that, and this included math, science, engineering, history, uh, our history, Native American history, and all of this other stuff, and, and some 
and in knowing you, some very interesting stories I've heard come out of that. And so when you were at Dimensions of Disclosure, you shared that these scrolls come from a civilization that's millions of years old and that had peace for millions of years. And that is part of what you're trying to share. And one of the stipulations the elders gave you was that this technology and information is for community. It's not for one individual. And so some of the challenge that I've had, and I think that other people have had, is that sometimes you'll speak like Mr. Miyagi, where it's in riddles, and you want a straightforward answer. And over time, I realize why you haven't like just given forth the technology or given forth a straight answer. Because if you do that and there's no community and it's one individual, that that technology is going to disappear very quickly. It's just going to get lost in the mix. And it's, it's not for a group of people. And that's one of the stipulations that you're not allowed to actually share. And so that's one of the things that I've kind of understood that over time, I'm just like, well, why don't you just do this and that? And it seems to make sense from my perspective and let's say YouTube and business and all that, but you're not operating on that understanding at all. It's, it's something completely different. And there's a minimum amount of stipulation that you have to meet in order to share this because people can just take the technology and use it for themselves. It can just get, uh, you know, taken and it could be buried. There's all these different things. So community is a massive fundamental piece to what you're doing and what you're sharing a lot of the time. And to add some of the other stuff of, you know, last summer studying with you and, and going around, um, some of the stuff you say is pretty unbelievable. And, and for me, I want to know if it's real. And I'm sure a lot of other people do as well. And so what I do is I show up to the maximum amount to figure that out. And one of the things that you allowed me to do was visit the mountain where you trained. And all that was left was a bathtub. And we went to your mom's house. And I met your mother. She's a very sweet lady. Uh, it was an interesting um, experience. And that's where you were first shooting up these rockets and you had said, Hey mom, do you remember when I was shooting, shooting the rockets? And I don't know how old you were at the time, just young. And she's like, Oh yeah, you know, I remember that. So, and we were taken to um, a native American history museum and your family was in there. And so it's adding all these pieces together. That's like, you know, some of what you're saying is like really unbelievable and we want to know where's the proof. And then I'm like, okay, well the biodome is built the uh, balloon projects were made. People saw you with the electric bike that went 40 miles an hour. Uh, you're a martial arts master, and I've seen you do some things that were exact same skill and ability as the Shaolin monks, uh, which was cool because you just, you know, you're pretty cool with nunchucks. So I thought that's interesting. That takes a level of mastery. And so there's other, all these other very fascinating things that I've witnessed. And it makes sense why you're delaying some of the technology because when we go out and speak, everybody just wants to know about the technology. They just want the answer immediately and they don't want to work for it or do any research. So that's a lot of, lot of chatting. Um, I don't know if you want to comment on any of that, but I wanted to kind of draw a bridge for people who are kind of watching the work and seeing it be released very slowly. And, and you've always said, you know, I've been asking for the last eight years to speak to 2,000 people in person because there's information lost in the screen. You know, I'm able to do a virtual background with a bear behind it. You know, he's like, there's in a lot of your teachings, some of the deeper ones, you have to be there in person. And that's a part of, again, where you come from and how the information's released and how the training is, um, you know, experienced and how all these things are experienced. It has to be in person. So that's another big part of it. Do you want to add in to any of that that I shared? 
Yeah. Um, uh, in this world today, uh, in, in, in the communities, cities, all the different things, and right now you guys are pretty well technological, advanced in uh, machinery and communications and all the different uh, things that's out there. I mean, uh, you can go to McDonald's and not uh, give them a dollar or like that. You can just give them a card with a chip in it. They read it and you, you eat. Um, that's incredible. I mean, uh, that's, that's uh, very incredible. But that's only for the elite, though. Uh, that is for the uh, elite on this planet to do that. Uh, you, you probably couldn't do that in a different country. Uh, they might have the cards and stuff like that, but it might pay, uh, you might have to pay money to go get food or trade or something. So if you think about the technology part of it, is that, all right, I, I'll hand this over. Um, I hand a, I'll hand over a resonator to an organization. So this, organ, uh, this uh, resonator uh, will bring, uh, uh, help to grow plants, it will help to grow the trees. You will note a difference where the resonator is. The grass will grow uh, faster where the resonator is, and it goes out 16 to 20 feet, and the grass will grow faster. And it looks like a bell curve when the grass is growing. It all kind of points up to the resonator. So that's good. And uh, the resonator will bring a, kind of the harmony to your uh, field around you, the magnetic coil around you. Uh, and it'll bring you kind of resonance, um, uh, uh, bring us um, a little bit more of the thought process that we can think better, uh, we can pray better, uh, we can get along better. So that's, that's all good. You, you think the resonator, great, everybody should have one. But and like anything else, everything has a, 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 a negative and positive to it. And the resonator is. So that is a very high fine-tuned resonator. I mean, that takes some work to do that. You just can't hook a bunch of stuff together and expect that resonator. That takes a technology to put one of those together and, and it will, to work the way I said it was going to work. So um, it's, a, it's like a tuning a piano and tuning the C string on the piano to harmonize with water. You would think you just um, can get a piano tuner and go up the sea and go uh, 10 feet away and hit that key and look at the water, see if it vibrates. As possible, you might hit it accidentally. Uh, but uh, again, it's that, the technology of that string, uh, especially of that C string, um, to uh, bring, because we say we bring in the resonant C, but, but you bring in kind of in the resonant You're not actually bringing in the, you, you, you suggest it. It's like, okay, I hear it. And it sounds great, but there's a, a, a finer tuning of, of that piano key that goes down to 100 thousandths of a hertz. Uh, right now, a piano key uh, is probably about 30. Uh, you can tune it in with 30 hertz, and it'll sound good. So that's the technology. And they, they, one of these resonators has got 62 strings on them with a, um, a, a small resonator that's, that's a crystal. And the crystal is piezoelectric, and that piezoelectric is balanced into a crystal. And when that C hits that piezoelectric and, and, and it reverberates through that string up to the top of the string, it reverberates another a, a, um, a piezoelectric uh, resonator. It uh, puts that in resonance with all the other strings in the surrounding. This takes technology, and it's, and it's part of a, I'm getting to something here. So it's part of a very fine, fine-tuned a machine that does something. So we take that machine and um, we can do different combinations of the machine. 
we can cause, cause harmony with all the other strings, but we can uh, have a discord of the harmony and point that discord and, and wherever we want to point. And whatever this um, vibration will hit, it'll rip apart. Uh, literally, uh, if you put it pointed towards a tree and isolate it into the tree, it will rip the tree apart. And of course, if you point it towards a human being, you take the human, the human being part uh, piece by piece by molecule. Because remember, we are in resonance with all the different uh, things in our body to keep ourselves stable so we can see each other, how things stay together. So this could be used as a very a weapon that could be weaponized. So as you can see, that is not exactly a good thing just to hand out to anybody. And to weaponize it, it probably anybody that has any thought process or any mathematical skills know how to do that. Um, so... Yes, uh, it's, a, it's a great uh, device to use, but we have to uh, use it uh, so it's, um, the communities understand that uh, it, it is a, a beautiful device, but uh, we have to understand it's, you know, it's a very bad device if it gets in the wrong hands. And I'm not just saying that. Uh, uh, I've seen this thing work uh, to the most efficiency in vibration. I've also seen this thing work uh, in the destructive vibration. And um, it's nothing you ever want to see. I mean, uh, 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 I've seen it pointed at a rock. I think it was a, the rock was uh, two feet by six feet, kind of long. And within um, eight to nine seconds, it was powder. So remember, you're vibrating it. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's great. But most of um, but anything that's out there that has a very high... Uh, power output um, uh, could be used a different way. Get, take a look at the nuclear bomb. You know, uh, they worked on the Manhattan Project for uh, several years. You know, thousands of people working on one thing, and look what it did. Um, uh, as soon as it was when working over, within two weeks they dropped it on humans. So that's. I mean, are we trusted with this thing? No, we're not trusted. And the Copper Coast gives us a, a, a technology how to build communities so we can use this thing uh, in in peace, not in war. Um, so, but it's it's been and like I said, it's like I, I know a lot of people come forward and say, "Oh, just give me the plans." Yeah, I'll give you the plans. The nuclear weapon probably that 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 will help you. Yeah, but it's like we have to have the communities uh, built. So we can hand this over. I can hand this over. And uh, there's a lot more here. I mean, the resonator is one of them. There's several more devices out there uh, that we can um, build uh, uh, just with a couple of things. You know, it talks about medical in there. It talks about um, different ways of uh, manipulating uh, gold. So we can use gold as a, as a uh, food source. Uh, I mean, it, just, it goes on and on and on. And uh, I probably would decipher 15% of the copper scrolls. The reason why I can't decipher the other, I don't have the information. Because when communities are built, information comes out. Of, this is where it's harder to understand because everybody wanted to what about T's. Okay, we can do T's, but we can do the copper scrolls and the resonator. The T's, the informational center of the whole copper scrolls. In order for me to decipher, um, I can explain that. I, I'm going to go to the drawing board. Uh, so uh, bear with me. You know, this is new technology for me. And you can still hear me?
Okay. So we, we talk about uh, what uh, our language is today and our language today, you know, th this is how we communicate in the United States. Okay. We're talking about this and we all know what that is. It's, it's the alphabet. So in um, trying to figure out what that alphabet is so that we can put on the, uh, oh my goodness, we're, we're, we're beautiful people. We can write poetry books. Uh, we can write manuals and all the different things out there and um, and kind of put it in the book and, and we think that is information for us but that's limited information to uh, what we're doing today that limited information is that you know um, um, that, um, hi there and that that is um, another way of writing information and and it means something, and it means that hi, and kind of how are you? Uh, but like anything else, it's like, can you tell me what this means? Probably not. Uh, so uh, we look at this and, and we see some sort of handwriting, of course, but we, we don't see, um, it doesn't, it's not recognizable is not recognizable to us uh, what what this is and we, we, we try to uh, figure it out and not really knowing what what we are doing so we we, we, we look at this and you say well if you really look at this uh, this is kind of the same uh, but this one is different uh, how is that written into into that form there? You know, so what what is different of that? So, in the Copper Scrolls, it teaches this is not a light language. It teaches us how to be in vibration. So, if we look at this grid here, excuse the cursiveness of my writing. And the drum rolls on. Okay, uh, in, in, in the space-time continuum, you want to call it, we have grids in those, uh, those space-times. And uh, time is a, is a reference beside each other. And that reference beside each other is a one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five, six. So if we think of time, and time runs like this, and this is what we're looking at here, and, uh, but time is like this. Uh, it, it always uh, uh, 37 degrees of time. And, uh, and how we move through time is this way. We uh, transition, we go through the time that way. So we're always hitting time at 37 degree angle. So the language itself is a vibrational language. So uh, this here, doesn't mean what you think it means. Um, if, you, if you, I posted a couple of um, uh, clues yesterday on my site as what that is. Uh, we look at that and we look at that, it's called the transpondent writing, and uh, it has a, a time, but what this means here uh, today will change over a period of time. Um, so if, we, we, if that's there, if this is number one, what that means. Uh, will change here 
to a whole different thing. So when you when you do a vibration of writing, that that that, that time change is uh, significant. So now, in order to figure what that means, we have to have all these down and figure out what that really means. So we figure out a place in time uh, that comes up and ends. So it, as you can see. As, as a vibrational language in time now that means something in time this right now today might not mean anything unless we understand what this is what that is so when when when, when i am writing the scrolls and trying to figure out what that time is and uh, people have seen me do this before on part of the writing is that what are we doing you know what what does that mean um what this whole thing means, I, I said, if you put it into the grid itself and break up into that grid, uh, this is a library. I, mean, I just wrote a library, a library with a lot of information. Uh, the, the symbolism, the, your writing, uh, the math, it's all in this. So if we put this all together into a book, you would have about 13 different volumes of books in, in that. And I can write this over and over and over and over again and still come up to the same definition of what the 13. So uh, by understanding this, I can put more information into a line. I can put um, 10 times the amount of the math and I, I can put time, date and whatever else happens. And it is a, a, a descriptive. So if we, now we looked at, so that is part of the understanding the writing, but it doesn't tell you everything. And so when, when we write, is, is understand what that writing is, it's like, okay, okay, uh, that this looks like a symbol that might, uh, symbolizes ox or something like that but it's not so remember in the into that grid itself we put the grid itself but now that grid itself is a, a, a three-dimensional grid that has all these lines on it that go this way and this way and a reference time and that and that will go through all these uh, definitions in there so part of that is um, part of that is that information that's come through the copper scrolls. It's uh, if you look at the at the volume, what's in the scrolls, and because that's why it took me a long time to learn that writing and understand what that writing. And it is it is a vibrational writing. So uh, anybody that knows music might have a clue on what's going on. So it's like uh, singing a song. You you get a song that you sing, ding dong dong dong, you know. Oh, amazing grace uh, amazing grace is not about what it means that they just put the words in there you know amazing grace the the, the, the song itself is older than uh, the, uh, to the, the melody itself they just put the words in there um, that was a uh, the, the melody is from Africa and it goes through the Dogon it goes through all the different uh, uh, other civilizations that define something from that message so that goes through time it goes through time and ends up to our day. And what we, we figure out, oh, it sounds like a great melody. But uh, like the copper scrolls, this way beyond that, the, the description and the information that's coming through is so information. There's no one person on your planet can understand any of it. I don't, I don't care who you think you are. Not one person can understand it. It's like trying to understand the Library of Congress. So it's like, maybe you can do that. Uh, maybe there's one person, but can that person share the information? Can they define the information? So Copper Scrolls defines the information to community. So I, I can write it, all right. I can write it and do that. But 
all the other information that's coming through that informational um, uh, ether, I would call it, um, um, I would need that information to start uh, putting that with the copper scrolls and finding out other things a part of the copper scrolls. If it's locked away in communities, not locked away in history, it's locked away in communities. And if we are um, uh, uh, light beings, spiritual beings, and people that have been reincarnated over, that information has been stored and through the reincarnations of different individuals uh, down the line. Okay. <clears throat> well, that's a lot. Well, oh man, I don't even know where I want to begin with this because there's so much. You posted a little while back the uh, Lady in Water, I think, and it was a yes. story about a civilization that lived in the ocean and the, they're communicating with humans and they're trying to help them. Um, one of the things that you've said before and I found interesting is you're like, well, if, an, if star travelers or another civilization were trying to communicate, what language do you think they're going to use? Do you think it's going to be English? And that's a really good question to ask. I've never heard anyone else um, ask that question. I was like, that makes sense. If we want to communicate with a bear or we want to communicate with an eagle or we want to communicate with a dolphin, how do we create an understanding? And a lot of what you talk about is creating an understanding or a resonance. Um, do you do this through language? Do you do this through English? Do you do this through, um, you know, uh, what am I trying to say? Like, uh, like facial gestures or understanding that way. How do you know? How do you know what? anything means you know a smile could mean um you know something else in it from a different civilization you have you have no idea so part of what you talk about is creating an understanding and what i hope for on this planet what i would like is freedom i would like freedom and in researching what's going on here and seeing war and destruction and what you talked about the 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 technology everything we've done with technology is create war and suppression. If you look at war and rise and falls of civilizations, the strongest civilizations had an upgrade in their armies. They had an upgrade in technology for their weaponry, so then they would just conquer more land. So we create the nuclear bomb, and then we bomb, you know, we bomb our own people. We, we bomb humans. We're, you know, if you go murder somebody nowadays, you go to jail. But if you create a system that, allows people to die from starvation or you kill them in mass through some sort of guise of you know war or this thing then you're fine you, you know you've created a system and you've created this illusion in front of you that allows you um free reign to do crimes against humanity and i was thinking the other day about human rights and how crazy it is that not everybody has human rights. You know, if you look at the Native American people and what you went through coming here and then having law, you know, like what is it the law that's taking the land? You, you said before, you didn't take my land. You, you can't take land. It's ridiculous. You, you can't do that. And an imaginary border. And then you're a part of the money system, which in some of the research, you, you're always getting me to do interesting research, but I had watched Zeitgeist and Zeitgeist 2 and Zeitgeist 3, and you said rewatch Zeitgeist 2, and it's all about the money system and how that is just so ridiculous. And those, those corporations now have so much power to influence negatively. 
Then there's things like the military industrial complex. I've never asked you about that. But if you've got organizations with unlimited resources and their goal is profit and controlling people, which from the research that I've done from psychology and monetary, you can look up Confessions of an Economic Hitman, watch Zeitgeist 1 or 2. There's a lot of references out there. It does look like there are organizations that are in massive power through media and everything else and banking that have us in this little bit of a closed system. So what do you, how do we get to a place where we are all actually free and we're not being suppressed from something else? Like, you know, again, you just take the native American example. We take it for granted that we're supposed to pay taxes and follow this system for you guys. You were living in a totally different way. And then, you know, it, this is a recent thing. And what's the difference between natural law and legislative law? And is there a way that we can live free from the system that's like, you know what, I don't want to be a part of this because this is perpetuating crimes. I'll just use that word. Okay, that's 41 questions altogether. Probably choose the ones you want to talk about. Um, I'm going to talk about monetary uh, and um, uh, the dollar. So uh, well, part of the it says uh, we are free, uh, and um, yes, the, 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 we seem like we're free. Um, we seem like that uh, that uh, we don't have anybody uh, trying to knock down our country. We don't worry about getting hit with a sniper uh, going out into the town. Uh, so um, overall, that looks uh, the the illusion looks like that we're free. That we pay taxes. We we do all the different things that we're supposed to do out there. Uh, we, we pay the insurance in the car, pay our house off on, on that, um, and have a couple of dollars in our pocket and some money in the bank. So uh, then I'm going to be spiritual. So when that all happens, I'm going to be spiritual and go out and help the world because I'm taking care of My ego is taking care of I'm, I'm looking in this world. Is that great? I have all this money. Uh, without money, I can't help. Uh, so... Um, let, let's go and help. Uh, so, but you just built some chains. Uh, you probably built a pretty big chain there, and that's kind of um, because my neighbor is doing the same thing. My na- this neighbor is doing the same thing. Uh, all the different corporations are kind of doing the same thing. So, I just built a chain to uh, my house and to everything else, and, and I know that's that's part of living and 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 what we think uh, the illusion of uh, uh, being free is. So, if you went to the bank and said, well, uh, I want my, all my um, currency turned into gold, the bank won't do that to you now. So, no, we're going to uh, go into the vault and here, here's what we think you are worth, all this paper is worth. Uh, the bank won't do that. Do you, really, do you know why the bank don't do that now? The uh, reason why the bank does it now that we invent our currency, and you've heard this before. We invent our currency. So the Fed, um, when the, um, you go get a bank loan, uh, the, the, you, uh, you say, well, I'm going to borrow uh, $300,000 for my house. So the bank does not have $300,000 in its accounts. So when you write that uh, loan out and say, I'm going to commit myself for the next 29 years, at a at twenty two percent interest, that I will pay this off. Do you know how old you would be that when you that's paid off? So, and the bank goes, okay, uh, I'll write this out, and they would write a note 
uh, assimilate to the Fed to come up with $300,000 so you can be in debt. There is no money, no gold, nothing transferred through that uh, system that has value to it. All it is is just words. Uh, so when them words be put into paper, then you sign your life to that loan. Uh, they just invented that loan for you. Uh, the money did not come out into a gold currency. It did not come out in silver. So that's why when you go to the bank, you cannot get that worth in gold to the bank. So okay, said so that's great. So I want my money out. Uh, I'm gonna take my. Uh, what do I have in the bank now? I have a couple of dollars in the. I, I say I have forty-eight dollars in the bank right now. Okay, I'm gonna take. I'm take that forty-eight dollars and go down to the nearest uh, 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 gold and silver exchange. So I bring that the money and said, "This is what I want. Uh, the, I want the forty-two dollars worth of gold." So, okay, great. Uh, it says that we probably can't do that because it doesn't come up to an ounce. So you're going to have to go back and get an ounce of gold. An ounce of gold uh, right now is 1,200.2 something. So you go back and get that. So they give you this little piece of gold. That is like that. But it's worth something. So in 15 to 20 years, uh, if you uh, save that and the gold goes up, um, you would make a little bit more than $203 in those in that year. So something's wrong here. The financial uh, percentage and the gold percentage don't match. They, uh, it, it, you would need a couple of tons of gold to even come up with the, the balance of what that debt is. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as David goes for a drink, I'll just tell you guys to check out Zeitgeist documentary, Zeitgeist Addendum. It lays all this financial system out very easy to understand because uh, it does it through visual, so I need to see that. So, well, David, what I was going to say, and, and I'll have you keep going. But all choked up. That's what when, I mean. I, when I watched the Zeitgeist uh, documentary, just laid it out in a way that I could understand it. And I had watched it a long time ago, and I understand it a little bit better now because I have a, I'm older and I know a little bit more things. I have, I'd like to say I progressed slightly. But it just showed that you know, when the U.S. government makes, takes money, they give a bond, and then the bond creates money, and it's just basically two patterns, two symbols on a piece of paper that mean nothing, then they slap interest on it, and then so every, like, money is debt. It's, it's debt that can never be paid, and so this interest that needs to be paid back from the money created is more than the money in circulation, so if all the money were paid back, there'd be nothing there, and it makes me think about, you know, some of the things I've heard, you know, out there in, in, going down rabbit holes was, you know, in Egyptian times and how they introduced the monetary system um, so that they <laughs> people because before that you wouldn't need tokens. Everybody was taken care of. You didn't need it. And I don't know where I heard this, but it was something like any planet in the universe that has a money system is enslaved. If it had, I, I don't know if that's a true thing or, Okay, yeah. So, any, and then I've heard you and Clifford talk about the three things that impede spiritual growth on the planet are money, which makes perfect sense. Yep. Uh, need to kill for food, and yep. so 
I've talked to you. One of the things that you and Clifford I find interesting is like the vegetarian thing. We've, uh, you know, it's something that I, I'm like the ethical thing about killing the animals. And basically what you guys have said is like, you need, you need those to live. Vegans say otherwise, but you guys are like, well, you need a part of that to live or you're going to have a, a different life. And then religion. And it's that taking an idea and basically getting you to stop at a certain point. There, there are good truths in there and there are things that help. But when you look at the thousands of different religions, it doesn't let you go on to a deeper understanding, you know, and if you are religious, awesome, you know, you can, you can have that. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I, I'm just saying that looking at so many different religions, that's my perspective is that it gets you to a point and, you know, you got to be open to another point as well because we don't know what the next view is. And so those are the three things. Um, and so money, being a, a system of, of slavery, and I'll let you continue. How do we overcome that? But I'll let, finish what you're saying before you answer that. Okay. And you can disregard that. <laughs> um, part of that that keeps us in debt. So if, if you keep something in debt, um, that means that you're, you're limited. Your vibrational field is actually limited on to open suggestions. So when, when I'm out there speaking and talking and things like that, and there's a lot of the different groups that um, – I, I, I look uh, really hard on what's keeping that group together. Um, maybe the group uh, stayed together by one philosophy. Uh, and that philosophy is uh, love and peace and stuff like that. But uh, again, if you are enslaved, of course, you are trying to look for freedom. And anything that's out of that, we can pray all we want. We can uh, hold hands and meditate and do all the different things. You've heard me say this before and still be in the same position Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday until the other weekend comes and we go and do it again. How do we get everybody involved in uh, trying to figure what that freedom is? It's like, but it's kind of hard to do. It's one of those things that you get into. It's like, all right, I'm going to another event and, and I'm going to an event where everybody's enslaved. That, and, but we're talking about freedom, but they're talking, then, then they're talking about uh, maybe we should hold hands and, and uh, sing a song and we'll be free. But is that the answer? Possibly, but probably not. By understanding where that's coming from and where I'm coming from and where you're coming from, that uh, you and I are in debt. Now, that we have to admit that. Now, that I am in debt, yes. I have to put gas in my car. I have to pay for this house. I have to do all the other things. So that takes up probably about good... 23% of my day uh, trying to figure out how I'm going to pay the bills. So that 23% of the day uh, adds up over the period of year. Uh, so uh, in trying to figure out how to become free, uh, we put ourselves into that debt by that thought. And that's really hard to tell to people because no, it's not. And said, I'm free. I can do whatever. And said, well, my, um, my, the teachings are free. My, my, I don't have anybody at the door right now. Uh, coming for the teachings and I invite hundreds of people to do that why don't they come because that there's a lot of things out there uh, that uh, will draw draw us off this road of, of trying to find peace you know uh, there's uh, does it work uh, you tell me you tell me Matthew if it works uh, but I, I know that when I'm out there I see this a lot you know it's like all right let, let's do this let's do that uh, but it's not in community uh, uh, there's only certain individuals do that, but we don't have a community in uh, uh, D.C. and uh, Washington State, uh, uh, Canada, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, Texas, all thinking the same thing. 
Uh, we think uh, different uh, religious organizations do this. I'm going back to my sketch pad for a second. I sometimes it's best for me to do, do the sketch pad because it's really hard to explain it. So we have um, all different individuals, all different places, uh, trying to come up with, um, uh, let's say, peace. And the, the, I guess no form. So in, in no form, uh, we're, we're kind of on the same page. Yeah, we're kind of on that same page. But all the language is so scattered uh, in what we're doing that we don't know the, we don't how to uh, uh, work together. But as you can see, I did the, indi the, 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 um, the indicators I've um, uh, put there are musical notes. And everybody has a note. Uh, everybody has an idea. Uh, so some people have an idea how to structure this. Uh, if you're in music, you know what that is, and um, and but we don't have no way to put that on. But if we had a way to come up with those discrepancies and and, and understand what that means, that we can come up with an actual vibration or um, or, or a song. But we don't do that. We don't do that. We stay in that category. Uh, I, I, I look a lot what's religion and, and let's look online and look at the, the people that uh, testify and preach and everything else. This is a kind of touchy subject. Uh, some people say, don't go into that. You're going to make a lot of enemies. I don't want to make a lot of enemies, especially in politics and religion. And we look at that as well, you know, but supposedly, supposedly that all those organizations has one direction. And that is the God or the creator or whatever the thing is that, again, we're, we're doing all these different things, but not really connecting that. So then it goes with ego and, and other beliefs. But if we are looking in the same direction, at least we are in residence of that direction that we all can say we all look in the same direction. And I think most religions, there's over thousands of different religions out there and they kind of believe all the same thing. Why is it so different? I'm not putting religion down. I, I think, uh, but I, I know a lot of people, that pastors and ministers that I know very well that's in the star teachings. But uh, uh, how come they just can't be one church? Why does that happen? Different opinions, different things that goes on. The same that's out there with these organizations that I go to now, that how come we can't be in community with each other? Why does it have to be um, that uh, this person's over here, this, this organization's here? How come we can't get those to work together uh, like the musical notes that just come out. If we put the musical notes, then we can do a score. If we can do a score, then we have a beautiful song. So that kind of answers that question. That's a good answer. <clears throat> and I was looking at other questions that I had for you as you shared that. One of the things that I wanted to kind of reverse on um, that I wanted to speak about before was the signal for your balloons in space is, is a tangent, but I think it's important. You had posted something about a number. NASA has shared that there is a signal coming from space, right? Yes. 
yeah, so we know that that isn't something that's a guess. We know that. And that's part of the signal. I think it's the same one that you're measuring. And you posted a number before. And when I posted that number and I entered it into YouTube, it came up with that signal from space. They were able to decode what that number was, but they don't know what the signal means or what it is. They just know we're receiving a signal, which is super frigged up. It's really messed up. So we know that as a fact. That's that's intense. So I wanted to share that. I thought that was important. Um, is there a direction that you wanted to go for this podcast? Because I did have something that I wanted to ask, and I don't know if it's a divert from where we're going. Um, on that signal, um, uh, they know what the signal is, but they don't have uh, all the decoding of, uh, information out there. Part of those is the copper scrolls, of course. But it's uh, like anything else is that um, we are not uh, all working together. I don't think NASA is really that bad. I mean, people say, oh, NASA is hiding this, but... You know, they all, they're also putting rockets into space, and that's kind of what we need. Um, if, I can, uh, if I can get one of my uh, uh, satellites into space without having to go through all the technical stuff that I do and just put it on a rocket, that would be great for me because th then uh, that saves me the effort of um, um, coming up with a, a method of putting that in, in space. So... Yeah, I think that uh, we are not working together as much as we say we are. Uh, we have uh, disclosure going on, uh, all the uh, UFO conferences, but they're all separate. Uh, they're not separate. It has one uh, main link that we can link into it. So that would be wonderful if I'm doing my research on, on the high atmosphere dis uh, disclosure, on, on the, just typing on the computer and have a message coming. Oh, yeah, you might need this. Here, take this and use it. And I'll send in, oh, this is some pictures. That, that I just um, took, uh, you might be able to use that. We don't do that. We hoard the, all this information together and go into the disclosures. I have all this information and uh, here's my book and all this and, and nothing ever gets done. Um, I posted, uh, you asked about the water um, uh, video that about the lady of the water. Uh, that, that I like that beginning because they are, they actually are trying to make contact with us. A contact with us, but we're kind of ignoring that and going into all the hybrids and and uh, reptilians and all this stuff, and that's kind of hard to get that information come through because when you're believing all that, just like that direction, that's really hard to figure out what that information is. The information is coming from different sources. Of course, there's the signal from outer space from what NASA is coming in. Uh, some of it's through um, uh, different individuals out there. Some of it is from um, uh, media. And some of it is from uh, that uh, things that's all that's already that you you have. So, like I uh, when I um, did part of this writing of the Copper Scrolls, that information it, it takes information to to come up with that uh, source and uh, understanding what that is. We're not doing that. We're all separate in the information. So I'm hoping that uh, in the next couple of months that uh, we can have more um, activity and more. Uh, communities joining the star teaching so we can tap into some of those but what stops us is our ego well i want to ask a few questions and 
one of the interesting things that I thought about when I was doing the T's, which stand for time, earth, air, and space, and you need to go to a T to understand what it was. I, I did like five and I didn't get it. I thought it was some sort of like therapy group. Um, <laughs> but, you know, essentially there's a lot more than this, but I'm going to make it very simple. You're sitting in a circle and you're listening to the group. You're listening to the community. You're listening to everybody. Everybody's voice it matters. Um, you know, people could talk about a talking circle, but it's not a talking circle. But if you know what that is, it's kind of similar but it works in a different way that apparently harvests the wisdom of the group and i can say that it does for sure because sometimes you know some of the star teachings are kindness compassion happiness or you'll you'll put something in the middle of that circle and i write about kindness compassion happiness or quotes or things like that and when i'm done taking notes the information that i get about that subject is by far greater than if i worked on that issue for a year in my own perspective within an hour i have such a deeper understanding of what compassion is what kindness is whatever is put in the middle of that circle my understanding is exponential by listening to the group even though it's a subject that i enjoy so if you are like the greatest guitarist in the world and you use it and you put it into the group you're going to learn more uh, in that time around whatever that subject is, even from people who might not even know anything about that subject. Uh, I'm not sure if it works in that way too. That'd be interesting. Yes. Never thought about that. And yes. so, oh, cool, cool. Wow, all right, I could see it. And so one of the things I thought about was you said that you know the intelligent races or other star travelers are, are trying to make contact. You and Clifford have both said that the indigenous tribes have had contact in the past, that you had a relationship and an understanding with other races that are not human. We have evidence all over the planet of massive structures with unbelievable engineering, with story and history, not only oral history, but monuments like the pyramids and, and all these places that we can't build now with story about something, some other thing influencing this. And if you look at Graham Hancock's book that I just went through, Fingerprints of the Gods, it seems like there's a flood, uh, which is very common. All these stories with same ideas and some sort of savior, some sort of a being or thing that is helping civilization from nothing. How does civilization rise from nothing? How does Sumeria come and all of a sudden have math and uh, agriculture? It, it has to be learned from somewhere. So the, and so with the T's, one of the things I thought, because you've spoken about this and you've said, yeah, we, we've had contact, you, you need to be peaceful. If I sit in a circle in any city, New York, California, wherever, we're afraid of our neighbor. We're afraid of other people. We're afraid of harm. And for good reason. We're a violent species. We are, you know, when you talked about the technology, I don't want you to make that personally because I'm sure somebody, and these are the organizations that, that bug me. How do we have freedom with these organizations with so much power? And then that's the idea of that the humans are collectively, we can overcome that. But we do have systems that are incredibly <laughs> powerful with armies. In Zeitgeist 2, it talks about the three ways to overthrow a country. The first is the economic hitman where they bribe them. Um, and then the second is they put in the, uh, the CIA where they try to assassinate them. And then the third is the military. That's the last. And that's when you looked at, they used the Iraq as an example and other ones when nothing has worked. And so now that's the last uh, defense. So if that's what we're doing as a species, if you are a different civilization trying to make contact, that's a very big pickle to be in to try to talk to the everyday human to try to help the people who aren't in those positions. So anyways, if you're sitting in a, a circle of 40 people 
and you're just in kindness, compassion, and happiness and resonance. You don't worry about somebody trying to kill you. If we had, you know, sometimes you could be a Muslim and a Christian, you could be um, a Christian and then there could be a gay person. And because you're from your upbringing, that, that person might be in harm's way because of that person's understanding. So they don't want to be in that circle. It's unsafe. And so if these circles were big enough and they had resonance and understanding, maybe at some point, that's how something you don't even understand, like some, like another civilization comes in and says, all right, this is safe enough for me to be in without you, you violent children trying to kill me with the primitive weapon. It seems like we're like cavemen with more civilized uh, beating sticks, you know, <laughs> like it's just like we have a more sophisticated stick to beat other people with. And so that's something that I, I see the T's potentially being. And you've consistently requested for 2000 people in person. So I'd be very curious what happens if, if anything, if, if what you disclose or what happens in that scenario. But how would we even know if we're communicating with uh, a, a legitimate uh, other civilization? Because let's just say you've talked to me and you're like, you know, you could have a spaceship and you'd be in the woods and you're going to meet uh, another civilization, right? Well, with whatever is going on with the military industrial complex, if Project Blue Beam is for real and we're looking at uh, what we can project into the sky, if you look, watch the new Spider-Man movie, that's the technology they use. It looks so real. We have holograms. And with Hollywood, if somebody wanted to you know, make a little ET and put on a costume and then work in, in a group and really fool me, they'd probably get me. So how the heck would I know for sure you know, I could probably do that tomorrow with, with primitive technology and make a whole bunch of people believe that I was an ET. So how would we know that we're communicating with an actual different civilization? So like anything else out there, that how we communicate with each other. Uh, how do I know that you're real? Right now I see you on a flat TV screen with a bear in the back and, and that's even made up. So uh, that you, one way I can figure that out is that you've been to my house. So, and maybe that you were a hologram when you come to the house. Uh, Maybe that, the, that, uh, that everything that you've done, it's a hologram to me. How do I know that you're not real? So a couple of ways is that uh, when we first met, we exchanged information. Um, and it was very easy. Your, your outlook was different than it is now. My outlook is different than it is now. So, and this ongoing information has been exchanged uh, probably within a year. So do I believe you're real? Yeah, I think you're real. Uh, but how do we determine that in community? Uh, maybe that uh, we can get on this machine, go on YouTube and Facebook and, and get onto a YouTube site and they have a great documentary on the contact and show you the little green men. With the, and to us, that's enough. Okay, I believe that. They wrote a book uh, and it's good. Uh, my friend uh, here is in the same, uh, the same ballpark. Uh, he believes that's true. Uh, this friend here believes that that's true. We read the book. We have seen the documentary. Did you see the green men in them? Probably not. But to the humans, that's enough to believe something. It may not be true. It may be true, but it, it's uh, enough. So how do we uh, discern that? Uh, the discern is that um, to me, I go out there and everybody's doing that. Uh, we go into disclosures, we go into UFOs, and we go into um, all the different crazy things out there. 
And uh, none of them, not one of them I investigated, they have communities to help them. Uh, it's usually one individual or two individuals writing a book or some something's going on there. And people will dispute me on this, go ahead. Uh, and, and, they, and they go to these fantastic uh, workshops and everything else. And, and people uh, in the audience, yeah, yeah, you know, um, uh, let's uh, debunk the government and things like that. But uh, Monday, Tuesday, nothing's ever done. But uh, when they have all these functions, this all happens again. I'll uh, get all these believers in one way. I believe this. I'm, I'm amongst the community of believers. Great. Yeah, the, you know, the, this is true. Monday, Tuesday, um, uh, people are still going to Dunkin' Donuts and I'm plugging Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, all the different coffee shops out there. And uh, I've been to one the last couple of days and I listened to the conversation. Nothing. Nothing's going on. So... So the, I'm going to go to my drawing board again. Uh, this has been very helpful for me to explain some of the things, if you don't mind. So the, um, we have communities uh, all over the place in the United States, around the world, that does just what they, I just say they do. Uh, they're believers of different organizations and different things. But as you notice, there's a circle around each one of them. Uh, what a circle represents is uh, nothing goes in, nothing goes out. Everything in that circle itself, uh, the information stays the same. So if they are having functions around the world, they're having functions with other things, but not communicating with this uh, organization here or not communicating with this organization. This could be a... Yeah, uh, UFOs uh, it could be over here, um, uh, ETs or something, but there's no communication. Everybody's got that ego down. So how the T's work is how do we know? We have a, um, a, a organization called the Star Teachings, and the Star Teachings is everything underneath the stars. In that Star Teaching, that we have a teaching. That teachings is part of the Copper Scrolls and part of understanding. And we use a triangle because a triangle has a, a good point where some people use octagons, but a triangle, uh, the triangle that we are looking at today is this. That's what the triangle looks like. So part of the organization, the structure itself, the circle around the, 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 uh, the star teaching is pi. Pi is an un, um, undefinable number that goes on beyond infinity. So that is the pi, a sphere, and that um, uh, triangle is inside of that. And it's part of the teachings. But it's also, again, it's a, without information coming in and without information coming out. It is an informational center, but it is, it is not all of it. So we have, uh, uh, be able to contact, uh, say, a community. Uh, we go to, uh, say, Washington State, and in Washington State, um, hang on, I find my pencil. Uh, come on. Um, in Washington State, they have a community up there. And part of that community uh, that we go and uh, offer the teas. Teas, information goes in, information goes out. But again, if that information doesn't have a source, it's going to die. So that information has to go through a central core. Central core is part of the star teachings. The information goes uh, in, information 
goes out into the source. And this here is an informational center that comes through. And the T's are done a certain way. Uh, so the, uh, the, there's, a, the, there's a, uh, to be equal in spirit inside the, the T's to get that information through. So that's one. Maybe this might be in Canada in the same way. Another one uh, somewhere else. But it has to come through the main source. And the, all these T's, we, we do them a certain way. So everybody is, uh, has an equal part of, of that circle. And we have teachers that know how to do all these T's. And this could be thousands of T's everywhere. And the, the information goes in, and we can retrieve the information out of that. And there's the, the, the star teachings, and the Copper Scrolls taught us how to do this. This is how uh, communities a million years ago communicated and stayed together. And in, through the technologies, through the uh, star teachings, the technology is offered to the communities. It's not offered to one person. So that's part of it. And, and you can go online and, and uh, see some of that. So that's kind of how the T's work. Uh, there's more technical parts of that, but in general, that's kind of how it works. Okay, so the T's are for building communities. Everybody is equal in spirit, and it's for connecting. So the thing that I'd be curious about, the central system, you know, you have the T's, and everybody has a different belief, and I've watched T's be successful and very unsuccessful because people have jobs. They don't want to show up. They got it's, – it's kind of, you know, there's no central book. That's what people get really frustrated about. There's like, there's no star teachings book. I need – and you know, I need this book or I need this thing to, to start. And it's challenging for me. There's a lot of things about this that I find challenging and, and also don't believe a hundred percent and have my own views on. However, most of the philosophy seems to make sense. And the more I look at it and learn about it, it, I realize why it works the way it does. And when you have the T's in the community, and you're getting that information and it's going to a central source and everybody's equal. I just imagine, you know, all the scientists <laughs> of the world doing teas <laughs> would be fantastic. You're, sh you're sharing information. If we find these belief systems, whether it's religion or culture or upbringing or whatever the case is, it's separated. There isn't information going. But this does seem like a very simple way to explore information and to share information and not hoard the information not by one person and some of the people i've seen the comments on facebook and youtube they're like oh well david you know has been saying this and and but nothing's happened well in the two years that i've been helping only what i've seen of the very few people who reach out just want the technology and they say give it to me and you've been saying over and over and over again this is for community i'm not allowed to give it to you i it's not a part of how this works. I have to give it to community. It's for all people. It's for a group of people. It's not just for one individual. I'm not allowed, you know, and I'm not going to do it. And this is, this is the, the core part of it. And when there's more community, then there can be more technology given. So what, what about that core center though? How is that run? How does that, does it just happen kind of through, uh, in you, you, when you, when I've seen your deeper teachings, they go into, electricity and you go very deep into this from an engineering math electricity standpoint uh, but from a very simple standpoint you talk about the central core what is that is that an organization is that one individual does the group do that naturally is it like the uh noosphere you know the, the hive mind just working 
collectively, intuitively, what is the central piece? Like if there's a T in Germany and there's like 50 T's and I'm doing a T in Canada, am I getting that information or does somebody need to send me a newsletter? Well, uh, the central core, of course, is the, the part of the manual is the Copper Scrolls. But the central part of the central core is a community of concerned people out there that uh, this technology is a viable technology. Uh, most of those uh, that the people that are uh, involved with core is part of the building of the T's, uh, the teachers. Uh, there's many uh, in different individuals in, into that core that have, um, I want to say, more part of the teachings of understanding and uh, hold some of the secrets of, of the star teachings. And I'm, I'm not going to uh, uh, tell you any different. There are part of secrets of the star teachings that uh, people hang on to. Uh, you know, you guys have uh, all your disclosure things and, and supposedly all the people that uh, journeyed off earth and uh, the secret programs out there that, that uh, we're not that secretive, but the, some of it has to be contained until communities ready to have an understanding of it. Uh, but you have to ask for it. Uh, that's where the secret comes in. You have to ask for that information. And as, as you know, that, uh, that, uh, that information has to be uh, made ready for the community when they ask for it. All those teas that we've done, this information has been uh, taken from that and put into a, a, a library. And that library doesn't have a door or key, but it does have an access point. So that access point is very well controlled to different individuals that, that can, they can go in there and access that information. Uh, it's not made for one individual, it's made for all communities. And that's why part of that uh, library is um, open to all. But it's, it's just that you have to go through all the process of teas and teaching and stuff like that to find out what that door is. But it is there. I can tell you it is there. And part of the, of, of the, the teachings and all the different things that go on out there is there in that library. And even what I'm saying here, this will be documented and put into the library. Uh, uh, the, the, my day of, uh, I'm in my lab, I'm, I'm documenting uh, of my experiments. Stuff like that. that will be all documented and put into the library itself. So that is part of the community's access to the information. But it's like a, there's a process. There's, there's somebody off the street just can't come in and say, I want to go to the library because they would not, not understand what they're going into. It's like going into the Library of Congress and going into the uh, uh, JK files. You wouldn't know what that meant. Right. Well, it feels like a little bit like Doctor Strange where he has to show up and he gets these you know, <laughs> teachings. I think a big part of, of what I've learned is that it, a lot of it has to be in person and yes. a lot of the information is in person and and in, in a world that's more digital and it's more artificial it, it's so important to be in person to to talk to your neighbor in you know I remember one of the questions is like how if we're living in a simulation and there's all this stuff how do I even know what's real and he just like poked me <laughs> like uh, like kind of like the Shaolin monk is like that's real. Yeah. I was like I'm still don't even know if it's real. It's such a it's such a wild experience that we're having. So I think that there is an important even like people there's there's a word for going out in the forest now forest bathing. It's like go outside. You it's we're so stuck and glued to our screens yeah. and it's it's getting worse. It's really intense. So I know that we're we're running into a little bit later here. I do want to make sure I ask two questions. So I'll ask them both at once and you can pick as you wish. I'm curious your thoughts on the Amazon 
and let's just start with that. The Amazon is going up in flames. People are losing their minds about it. It, it the Amazon is supposed to be the lungs of our earth. Um, environmentalists have a lot of information on the Amazon and all that. What is your view on what is going on in the Amazon? Is it is it a bigger deal than we think? Is it not as a, a bigger deal as we we think? What do you think about what's happening there? So any fire out there is a pretty big deal. I, I, I've looked at the satellites on the what is burning is a a lot of the lot of the reason why it's burning is because we deforested a lot of the we took out the of, of that system of the fire depression out of the Amazon. Uh, the bigger trees that's there that that's supposed to uh, subside because uh, fires are good in certain places, but if you start um, you look where the fires are, they're all on the edge of the civilizations. That's why we have it a big deal because they're burning our houses. But we stripped and raped the Amazon the last. 80 years and we expected not to burn. You know, we have a lot more of the lower bushes there, all the different things, of course it's gonna burn. So I, I think it's a big deal. Yeah, it is part of the lungs of the earth. But uh, I think that uh, that that's one of the problems of the earth is that, you know, we're gonna take all the trees away and let the little uh, stuff that grow up that burns fast, of course it's gonna burn. Um, I. In the overall picture itself, the fires will go out eventually. But, you know, then it's like, what do we do then? You know, we can't stop the burning. Uh, what are we going to do then? Now, uh, how are we going to treat the Amazon? Because the, right now, the Amazon is probably 83% gone. Like it can't stabilize itself because we took all that uh, things, the stabilization, what the Amazon is supposed to be. Um, you know, 72 years ago, they had very big fires in the Amazon about the same thing. And again, we again we deforest and took out the bigger trees so that they, they couldn't live. So yeah, I think that's a very big concern right now. What's the second question? The second question is the flash drive. Somebody asked you finally, I've seen you speak a few times and say, all right, I have flash drive. Somebody needs to come up and ask me and you can have it. And so somebody asked for the flash drive that you carry with you when you go speaking. And I'm curious if you can Talk about that at all. Yes. Um, uh, in my first talk when I was there that I did mention it. And um, I don't think sometimes when people listen to me, said, if, you, if you look at me, I don't use any notes. I, I memorize all my, my talks. Is that I have a, a preset what I need to talk. And one of those was the flash drive. That flash drive is information that I collected over the uh, several years on part of the balloon technology, of the cameras that film different things up, down, sideways. And I probably have 15 to 16 photographs in that flash drive uh, of other um, things in the atmosphere that, uh, that, uh, that's not on YouTube, that's not on the media stuff. And part of that is an informational thing that you just have to ask for it. And a person did ask for it. And, uh, and we did uh, the, get the information from that person. And we're going to um, come up with another podcast, um, hopefully with you and that other individual, and release that information into the mainstream. And we'll document uh, those pictures so um, uh, you know where they came from. Because right now, everything's CGI, everything else. Uh, these cameras are very primitive cameras, that, but they're very sharp uh, images. They're not blurry. So you can't say, well, they're blurry. Um, a lot of them are pretty well detailed. 
uh, and um, and um, we're going to be releasing that information in a couple of months. I, I will be talking with that individual and you on that um, on that disclosure on your podcast uh, on and to uh, show the people the information and I'll try to come up with a little bit more information on those and when the dates are, oh, no, they already have the dates on them, but um, what they were and, and what I was doing at the time. So yeah, that information is, um, is uh, for you. Cool. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I want to see it. Yeah. I definitely want to see it. You've been, yeah. And you know, from the beginning, I've been trying to get information. And like I said, you're like Mr. Miyagi and uh, <laughs> I didn't look him up too. I didn't know, don't look anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I realize why you wait and, and why the information isn't out there. And I'm always looking. So I'm very curious to keep going down this path and just see what, what comes out because bit by bit, I am definitely learning more and I, and I am always looking for information. And so I hope that there's enough community and enough eyes and enough uh, people contributing that we can release this to community because even as, as enthusiastic as I may be and as many times as I can interview you, I could interview you every single day for 20 years. And if there's no community, I'm not getting nothing because it's not about me. I'm not allowed it just like, and it doesn't matter who it is. Uh, the information has to be released to community and that's why I'm just a loudspeaker. And uh, I, ideally it's, it's on point because it'd be, you know, shouting from a mountaintop for so long. Then we get there and you don't release good information. It's going to make me look terrible. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? People can go down the rabbit holes with me if they wish. And for my life, what I've been curious about is just what is possible. And I show up. And as long as I think that it's congruent, I've definitely gone down rabbit holes where the information or the bang for buck wasn't what it was, you know, like I did, you know, 2,100 breaths once to upgrade my consciousness. I don't know if it worked. It was an interesting process, um, but I go down rabbit holes and I try those things, tried meditation, this, you know, for long, long, long periods of time. Um, did the cold training this year without the Wim Hof just to see if what, what that would do. And so I like going down the rabbit holes. So you're, you're uh, definitely the ultimate rabbit hole. And uh, hopefully um, I'm curious to see what, what's on these things and, and where we can progress, especially if we have community because you're working a little bit more with ancient echoes and that has to do with the technology piece with the balloon project. And you've done this with no help, with no funding, with dumpster diving. So it'd be very fascinating to see from some of the things you've shared of these technologies that are for all community if we work together and there's a little bit of funding because you've built stuff that works and it's, and so I want to see what else is there. So anyway, I will stop yammering and I will ask you, is there anything else you want to talk about before we close this one up? Um, yeah, we'd be heading to Nova Scotia. I guess you're coming to Nova Scotia with us. So I'm going to be able to see you in the next couple of days and we can talk more, but I just want to thank everybody. Um, and again, this is not the easiest thing to do uh, because I'm, I'm faced with critics and all the different things out there. Uh, prove it, prove it, prove it, prove it. But uh, and again, what you said, and I'm, I'm doing this with no funding. That's um, uh, it's all um, done by uh, scrapping computers and motors and all the different things. But that should that should tell you some of my intelligence, some of the information that I received that I can make just about anything out of anything. So, um, but um, I enjoy uh, on your podcast, uh, and and I think that uh, the information you put out there is great information. I've tried to look at when I can your podcast. You have some very interesting people on your podcast, and uh, I think you you're doing great work. Uh, and keep it up, and 
And I just want to thank everybody and uh, hope everybody has a great morning. Awesome. Well, I appreciate the kind words. I am excited for Nova Scotia. If you guys are interested in that, check out Star Teachings on Facebook. It is November 13th to 15th. You're going to be walking 13 miles. Did you say that you walk to every reserve in Canada? Yes. Um, I, I think it's not in November. It's a, oh, yeah. Right. September. September. Yeah. September. Yeah. Soon. Yeah. In a few, in yes, a few I, weeks. Uh, many years ago, I did. Yes. To bring the teachings. Right. Yeah. And I remember, uh, and I've, I've been curious about the Native American community helping because one of the, I, I guess you were speaking somewhere maybe six months ago and somebody remembered you speaking when they were a child and yes. now they're, now they're older. Yeah. So they're, they're they're in back. Yeah. 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 Uh, I've had more than one person. I remember some of the places I spoke that a lady comes up uh, to me and we were somewhere else and she says, do you remember me? I said, I don't think I do. He said, well, you probably don't. He said, I talked to you uh, 20 some odd years ago. I said, no, I, I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah, so that's pretty amazing. You've been doing it the, for this long, sharing the same thing. And this is a part of your path is these teachings and that, that were given to you by the elders. And so you're, you're sharing and you're, you're bumping up to different ideas within even your own communities because of the Catholic influence in, yep. in all of the different things. You've lost that, that, that straight line of information. And it only took, you can look at the school systems and in my interview with Brian Francis, who is amazing, is now in the, the White House doing, uh, in, what is he doing exactly? The White House? Yeah, or not the White House. The, what's the Canadian White House? The Parliament? Brian there now? My goodness. Yeah, yeah may, hopefully. We'll get, them, we'll get them both. Yeah, he's working uh, probably with the Parliament and some, some of the uh, – uh, to, uh, to uh, bring uh, more information to the people, the Native people, and what really happened. So uh, you can look on – I think he has a website too, so – yeah, so that's that's an amazing step forward in it, you know. In talking with him, it doesn't take that long to to break a culture's history, uh, just one or two generations, and yeah. that's very very sad. Lose language, lose that, and so that's part of what you're offering is just the the history that was given to you that was passed down for thousands of years. So yes, hopefully yeah. we can, hopefully we can keep that going. Yes. All right, so I'll thank, let you thank go. You, Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, David. Have an amazing day. Thanks, guys, for watching. Support David uh, on Patreon. Go to his website. Um, there's ancientechoes.org, facebook.com, Ancient Echoes, Star Teachings. Find them, support them, help if you can, and have an amazing day. Peace. All right, there you guys have it. The amazing David Lone Bear Senapass. It is always a pleasure to have him on the show. Uh, he is definitely somebody that I am studying with uh, a lot because he says something completely unique that I have never heard before. It is a teaching that I've never heard, and I'm, I'm doing multiple teachings all the time. I'm exploring with David. I'm doing several personal development courses. Um, I'm doing, there's actually even like a little bit of a magic uh, type of thing I'm doing, just learning like sleight of hand and, and uh, mindset because uh, a lot of illusion is, if you look at the word, at Darren Brown. It's really amazing stuff, and I've learned a lot through magic. So, you know, I'm always doing something in, in some way, skateboarding, but now it's getting cold. I'd love to go snowboarding, but I, I'm in the uh, Toronto area, and they, our mountains aren't really good here. So I might have to adapt to, like, some gymnastics or, or something, but always learning something. So, um, yeah, and David is just such a fascinating guy, so I really hope that you enjoyed that episode. I take what he says with a grain of salt, but I always try to poke a hole in his story, and I haven't been able to do it yet. Um, I vetted him with Clifford Mahuti, the Zuni elder, to see if he were legit. I was like, hey, Clifford, you're my friend. Is this guy 
telling me the truth. These are some wild things he's saying. You know, I vetted him with some engineers and mathematicians and, you know, all the time he, he, his work is checked out. He's got a really big uh, project in, in uh, coming up. I don't know if I can say where it is yet, but a really big engineering project. So it seems, it seems to be all adding up and, and what he's asking for, what he's asked for from the beginning is just community to help. He said that the, the technology and the teachings is for all people. We need community and knowing him for about two years and all these podcasts, uh, because people are so spread out, nobody really gets together and he has very, very little support. So, um, if you resonate with his message, Please support any way that you can and uh, just do your own research. See if uh, you can disprove anything because th- th- those who really check it out usually send me an email and want more information. So we could certainly use your help and your support to bring David's message to the world and also bring some of these technologies to life because his elders told him that it must be for community, not just one person. And you have to have a community basically in the residence of kindness, compassion, happiness. It could be just 50 strong, but there does need to be a community. So that's the end of my rant. Um, if you enjoyed it, please share the episode, support David's work. Um, let me know if you have any questions about myself or David's work and you, and you want to be connected. Just send me an email, matt at zenathlete.com. Happily help you out. Check out today's sponsor, procabulary.org. Use the checkout code WORDMAGIC to get 100 bucks off the course. And you may as well just check out Zen Athlete as well. And if you do that online course with the meditations, there's a full program over there. And you just put Zen Life put any goal there that's really the science of achieving goals so if you're interested in that you do not need to be an athlete go to zenathlete.com check that out i'm going to be doing a push to get that into the hands of kids and youth around the world because it is a very very powerful information for them to have and i'm going to stop ranting um because let's just close this up and and come to a state of peace and coherence so wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing taking a deep breath in through your nose Hold that breath and just let it out slowly, filling every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being with joy, peace, contentment, empowerment, connection, inspiration, enthusiasm, love, and ready to take on the rest of the day. So thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.